2: That got going to work. What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock, you like you haven't seen the sun in 20
1: years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock device. Shut your mouth. What you want. What you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to
2: reintroduce myself. I am the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock
0: whoops
1: your ass.
2: What's going on, brothers and sisters? Coming to you from Theater D, Roe J, Seat 7, I am the Godfather Nate Milton, and this is the Rocky via Picture Show, your favorite pop culture and pro wrestling podcast dedicated to the genius of sports entertainer turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now playing this week, 2015's Ballers. You ready? Let's go
0: looking for a guy who could set the edge for you? Spence. She's still dreaming about laying people
2: out. Up. This the game it shows us. Right now, my dreams are all about deals and dollars. I'm a financial manager and I will put your money to work.
1: Before the window of opportunity closes, I saw, I
2: What are the three most important things to you? Football.
1: yeah God. yeah Family. That's good. For a second there, I thought you were going to say friends. Ball. Let's go ball. You're gorgeous. You're the second guy who's hit on me today. Is it the Axe <laughs> body spray? Tell me.
2: You down the side. You was straight hustle like the rest.
1: I missed that big
2: one.
1: I can trust you. This event is strictly corporate. We have our word. You hey, know we gonna turn up though. I know that right? <laughs>
2: Uh, See, I I don't even know if if you ladies and gentlemen are ready for what we're about to get into this week, just off of that clip alone. Uh, I'm so excited for this episode. Uh, So let's get into it. But you know I can't do it alone. I, I need teammates. And since every Siskel needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twan, I have two special guests to help me with the review this month. My guests are two more of the postmarks who met my donation challenge during the post-coronavirus live show back in April. Uh, So let me bring these generous gentlemen on because, you know, much like the subject of our review this month, I, too, like to monetize my friendships. (laughs) So let me bring in, first of all, uh, our first guest is the host of the Mid-South Moments podcast, a show that looks back at Mid-South wrestling. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, he he comes to us from across the pond in a place where I'm sure they have uh, handled COVID much better than uh, myself and the other guests. Coming from London, Stephen Gutteridge is joining us. Brother Stephen, how you doing, my friend?
3: Uh, Nate, it's. I feel very honoured to be on this podcast, and I'm I'm already really worried, because I know your, your knowledge of pop culture is incredible, As I was the kid at school that didn't watch any films and just watched SummerSlam 88 about 35 times in a row, so I'm a bit nervous but very excited to be here, and I'm not sure we handled COVID any better than the States, to be fair, but there we go. <laughs> at
2: least you've got sports, at least, at least you've got your version of football. That's all sort of behind closed doors, though, still, but yeah, there we go. <laughs> we're st- We're still trying to figure that out. I think the only football we might have in America f- in the near future is what we're gonna talk about this week. Sure. So to that end, let me bring in uh let's come back stateside bringing our other guest this week. You know him postmarks uh this this man is famous amongst you. You might even say that he's infamous he's he's that famous uh this is <laughs> a gentleman that grew up in New Jersey lived in nyc and now resides in the home of pro wrestling and the i guess you call it like the the summer home of covid 19 because he's coming to us from florida ladies and gentlemen mj from nj is is with us mj how you feeling my brother i'm feeling
0: good nate and i got a question for you tell me how you love me you know you're at the top when only heaven's right above it Mm. we are
2: we, we, we're going to get into uh, that opening sequence because I I have questions. Like, just off the bat, I had questions about this. So, yes, obviously by the, the title, you can see the title on your uh, device of choice. We're talking about HBO's Ballers, the show starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Specifically, we're going to talk about the pilot. And so, like, let, before we even get into Ballers, fellas, let's talk about your relationship with this great man Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, who is now the, the owner and CEO of the XFL and this this podcast is in no way a backdoor pilot for me to get an interview uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be an announcer for the XFL. I would never do something to, to, to besmirch my reputation with the good people uh, at Redbird Capital or Danny Garcia or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Lovely people that they are. Uh, this is Strictly uh, for entertainment purposes, we're talking about ballers uh, because, again, this might be the only football we get. But in terms of The Rock as a wrestler, obviously, you guys were both uh, watching during his heyday in the WWE. Steven, let's start with you, since you are the person that watched SummerSlam 88 uh, numerous amounts of times. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think your knowledge is probably going to be up to par. So in terms of The Rock as a wrestler, what what stood out to you about him during his time in the ring.
3: I mean, I think for me, The Rock was someone that I always sort of loved to hate. I was I was mm. always more of a Steve Austin man. Um, and actually, I was probably on the kind of immaturity bus with the, are oh, you sold out? You don't give any... In retrospect, actually, I, I feel a bit silly having, having had that attitude. But I was lucky to see his <laughs> big matches, so coupled with Austin at WrestleMania, him versus Hogan, him versus Punk at the War Rumble, all live. So I mean, mm. some of those performances of him, he just—I, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen someone who has such a connection with the crowd as well as he does. I remember a night in Seattle when he was booed out of the building, and by the end of the stuff after Raw, everyone was chanting Rocky, and he was full on Rock Hill. This is 2003, and he was just like, I've just never seen anything like it. And I think his his charisma just oozes off of him, and whatever you see him in, basically. mm.
2: And what, what about you, MJ, as a fan? like what, what stood out to you about Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a professional wrestler?
0: The Rock was cool. The Rock, to me, is what made wrestling cool. This was right when I started getting into the WWF back then, yeah. uh, as it was known. And I was a little boy trying to imitate The Rock. I could never quite get the people's eyebrows to raise <laughs> properly. Um, but no, he, he is he is my first... And will always be my, my, my first wrestling love. My first favorite oh, wrestler wow. um, was The Rock. And then fun fact, in 2011 when he came back, I happened to watch on a little bit of a tape delay, skipped commercials. And he, did, he comes back to be announced as the host of WrestleMania at midnight. I'm watching this, my birthday, and it was like full circle. Like my
2: fandom just kind of came <laughs> all the way full circle when he returned
0: um, mm. many
2: years later. Big fan. It's interesting because the words that you you both have used, you know, MJ going that the rock was cool and and then Steven talking about the charisma and the charm that that this man brought to the screen. I feel like that's what made the transition easier for this second phase of his life when you talk about the, the change to acting. And so... Like, MJ, when when you first heard, like, the, this dude that was so cool in the ring was going to step onto the big screen, did, did you buy that transition? Were you skeptical? And then what did you think after seeing a couple movies?
0: It made a lot of sense. Now, now back then I was just a little a little peewee, so I didn't have the kind of business insight that I may have now or I like mm. to profess to have now. But it makes a lot of sense, especially in hindsight, because he – uh, and I've always said this: the best role he ever played, the one he should win an Oscar for, is the rock. uh He was always kind of owning the room, owning mm. the microphone, and it made sense that he would take that character and then be able to play additional and different characters uh, on the big screen
2: and what about you stephen like how How did you take to the rock making this move and becoming what we now know you know as the biggest or one of the biggest movie stars in Hollywood?
3: I mean, honestly, at the start, I didn't like it because I, I wanted him to be wrestling because he was so good. And I, mean, and I thought when, you know, when he was moving away, um, especially after the Lesnar match at SummerSlam 2002, like you really wanted him to be around. But um, clearly, like, I didn't see too much of his early stuff. But when you get to sort of latter point, especially after he started making some wrestling appearances, everything that he's been in, there's nothing I've seen The Rock in where I thought, actually, you know, that wasn't a very good performance. And that's everything from you know, things where he's playing a more comedic character to action stuff, I, I just think the guy's a star, isn't he? Just He just radiates superstar in everything he's in, and he just is, he's, he's just great. It's, I mean, I, I think it's a, not enough superlative really for him. He's just really, really good at what he does.
2: And, and it's funny that we're, you know, we're talking about ballers this week, because I feel like when you look at 2015, in term of The Rock's career, this, I don't want to say it's the peak, because it's not like The Rock has ever really taken a step back, but that might be like the apex, which is pretty much saying the peak. I'm just trying to trick you people with fancy words. Uh, It might be (laughs) like the top of where the rock was, because, you know, you're a couple years into that third phase of his acting career, as I always like to call it, where he's done Fast and the Furious. He's done, you know, G.I. Joe, and he's become this person that, everybody regardless of age or race or or uh you know your taste in movies like everybody kind of gravitates towards Dwayne Johnson at this point and in 2015 it's like he takes all of that capital all that power all of that goodwill that he's built up from the movies and he's like let me team up with HBO and we're gonna make even more money and damn it if it didn't come true and so that's where we're on now where we're talking about ballers this show which I feel like is one part entourage, which is always kind of the go to that everybody attaches to it. Uh, but also, I think you have to tie in a little bit of Arliss, which was a great HBO show back in the day, and then a, a show great that no back. yes. honest. shout out to Robert Wool, Arliss was great. But then another show that was one of my favorite shows ever, but only got one season because the NFL is petty ESPN's Playmakers. I
0: think that's a great I think all three of those are great to to lump in there as this is a combination of all of those. Um yeah, shout out shout out to Arliss. That's a great callback. If no one has seen that, please go and uh find that on HBO.
2: Like they got uh, multiple seasons out of Arliss, MJ. Just Robert Wool, Sandra O, oh, uh I,
0: I I beat Robert Wool's brother in a club championship in golf when I was a kid. <laughs> But no, (sighs) big fan of that show. Hey, Nate, I I echo what you say about this being the pinnacle or this being some kind of transformative period for The Rock. Because at this point, he had done the Fast and the Furious franchise, which kind of catapulted him into, like, huge box office draw. But I still feel like he was the wrestler who turned actor. And this, partnering with HBO, Peter Berg, directed pilot, Um, this was like... No, this guy's legit A-list. Nobody can call him second fiddle to Vin Diesel or anybody. This is A-list. He's carrying an HBO show. It was it was definitely a transformative moment for him.
2: Yeah. And now that we talk about it, Steven, I think maybe, like, if this isn't the peak, this is the moment, and I like the MJ use the word transcend. This is where he transcends into a guy that's pretty much Teflon, where he can do no wrong. And so if, you know, like, the fact that my man went out and, and, partnered with Danny Garcia and and Redbird Capital, those great people at Redbird Capital, and bought the XFL. I think that's a move where if it was anybody else, there would be jokes, right? But because it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, everybody's like, of course it's going to work because everything this man touches, everything that he gets involved with, it ends up working.
3: I mean that's the cool, he's got the cool factors now. I think that they, 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 there's a lot of this in wrestling. So you think about like AEW and New Japan. I think there's a lot of goodwill. There's natural goodwill for those brands. Whereas mm-hmm. WWE, there's probably natural badwill. And I think that with the yeah. rock, he's got They used up confidence. their goodwill decades ago. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think with the rock, the rock's just got this like massive amount of goodwill. So you're absolutely right. And just out of interest, obviously from an outsider in in England, how much demand is there for you know for what the XFL could potentially do? Is this something you feel you guys feel? could be a success with him behind
2: it. I don't know, MJ, because I feel like had COVID not happened, I feel like the XFL definitely would have finished this first season and maybe, probably, you know, would have gotten uh, the go-ahead for a second season, but I don't know if they could have progressed beyond that, whereas now with Dwayne The Rock Johnson attached to it, even if the appetite might not be there for a second football league i feel like it's going to have some traction
0: well we, we had heard before the relaunch that the ip was worth something in the in the millions that uh i think it was Ebersol's son had wanted to buy the ip and i think that alone yeah. uh tells you that there's something there there's something of value to the xfl letters uh as weird as that may sound yeah i think you take the rock you take what he has in terms of a production vehicle and his notoriety and his goodwill, as you guys are saying. And I, whether it's a football league, whether it's a reality show, whether it's something else, it's going to end up being successful. Uh, he has the Titan games on TV right now, and I know that's yep. been re-upped for another season at least once or twice now. Uh, so I think the XFL is going to be uh, – he will see his money back on that. It, it will be a good investment for Spencer Stratsmore.
2: Yeah. And, and I think the thing with the XFL was there were some cities where it just didn't work. You know, uh, I'm thinking of L.A. and that's because L.A. like L.A. already had a minor league football team. And that's the San, uh, L.A. Chargers. Uh, and so, like, you've got the Chargers, you've got the, the Rams at the time, you know, you've got the Raiders uh, at the time, and you also had USC football. And so it's like L.A. was a bad choice. I get why you want to have a team in that market, but they were never going to support that. Like, I think San Diego probably would have been a better move because they had just lost the football team. Uh, But there were some markets, like I'm, I'm in Virginia, and the D.C. defenders, like, they did pretty good business. So I feel like if the move is to relaunch this as a football league, I feel like it can work. It probably just needs some fine-tuning, and you, co- you accompany that fine-tuning with the Rock's you know, Midas touch. I feel like it, it can work.
0: As a face of something, I don't think there's a better person to put as the face of a football. Because remember, he also played college football. He also played professional yep. football. I mean, we'll talk about this as we get into the pilot of the show that we're going to discuss, Ballers. But there's some, th- some, some level of authenticity when it comes mm. to Dwayne Johnson and yep. football. Um, way more than Vince McMahon and football, so I think that there's absolutely an appetite. If there if there is an appetite from networks, there's going to be a good uh, a good good success rate there um, because The Rock brings authenticity and, and can get behind a league as a face of it.
3: Yeah, and all I was going to add is, I, I guess that the, the um, measure of success now is probably a lot, di- well, it's definitely a lot different from when this happened at first in 2001. Because you look at AEW and, and TNA is a good example of that in terms of television numbers, et cetera. Mm. Whereas, so actually, now if this gets on a you know, decent network deal, gets some decent races, and sells some tickets in the home markets, actually, it, it can be a percentage of what original XFL needs to do to make it work and make money, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I I think they've got a shot. They've got a good shot. You know, they just got to put the right people in place. You know, perhaps uh, a plucky young upstart of an announcer who could be the voice of that league. (laughs) You know, just just spitballing here. Uh, But (laughs) That's neither here nor there, folks. Let's stay on track, gentlemen. Let's stay on track because we are here, as MJ said, to talk about the pilot episode of HBO's Ballers. So let's take a trip back to a time where the world wasn't – wasn't so complicated. A simpler time. You know, when, when, when a baby-faced Steph Curry was hoisting up his first NBA championship trophy. You know, let's go back to February 21st, 2015, when Ballers first premiered on HBO. And this is, is going to be a fun question, fellas, because the answer to this question just ties into how, how much of a force The Rock and everything The Rock was associated with at the time how much of a force it was. So, again, February 21st, 2015, do you guys know what the number one song on the U.S. Billboard Top 40 was? And and we'll, we'll give the first guess to uh, our, our brother oh, over across the pond. Steven, do you have any <laughs> guess as oh, to what eight. the number one song was on February 21st, 2015? Joe, you know I've got no idea. I know Machine Gun Kelly played at WrestleMania that year, so let's go. Let's go somewhere. Man. somewhere man. But that's, that's all I've got. Oh, I forgot all about Machine Gun Kelly. He was a thing for a while. MJ, any guesses?
0: I mean, I'm just going to throw out the guess that it was the. Uh... The, the song that plays that the right above it, the, the Lil Wayne song, but that's also because we're talking about the show, but that's probably not right.
2: <laughs> no, look, that's a good guess though. Cause I, I would have thought too, like that, that would have been there. Uh, but no, the number one song was from the fast and furious seven soundtrack. Wiz Khalifa featuring Charlie Pugh. When I see you again. Damn. Who knew all the planes we flew.
1: Can we not talk about family when families all hell we got? Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you go be with me for the last ride. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long, way yeah, we came a long way From where we began I you know, will oh, tell you all about it when I see you again Let me tell you. when I see you again
0: Ah okay Right That's the that's Paul Walker's final uh, movie Yeah that's the last one with Paul Walker Right, and the, right, that, right Like
2: right. I think cuz I don't like that so Here's the thing I'm going I'm going to be real here with with the people You know I feel like this theater is a safe space, so I can I can be honest with you fellas. I don't like this song. But because of the movie, and as you mentioned, MJ, because of the emotion with Paul Walker and the fact that, you know, these two performed it at Kobe Bryant's, uh, you know, kind of public celebration at, at the Staples Center earlier this year in 2020. Like, the fact that it's attached to so many sentimental moments it makes me like it, even though as a song, I probably wouldn't listen to it if I didn't have those connections.
0: I think that's one of the that's very profound. I think that's a powerful thing about music is that you may not like a certain beat or a certain song, but you can connect it to a memory, whether it be a personal memory or, or a shared collective memory, like we're talking about here with Kobe Bryant or the Paul Walker tribute. And I think it, it gives the song or it gives the music a different meaning. That's very profound, Brother Nate.
2: I mean, still, like, like Stephen, like, after after that, you know, I watched the Kobe thing, I had to, you know, text my sister. And, you know, just because, you know, I saw Wiz and Charlie sing the song, and she's like, why are you, like, texting me in the middle of the day? And I'm like, how can we not talk about family when family's all we got? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I think that, you know, these these –
3: Big moments and uh, big things that are accompanied by music, especially if you've especially if you've been to a cinema or theatre to see a film, and you've had mm. this big emotional moment in you know massive surround sound, huge screen in front of you. I, I mean, it's always that's why that's why these these songs from the films all, all, so back, so far back in time always do so well in the charts because you know they've got you, they they've got a captive
2: audience. Yep. They get you, they get you in the feel, so to speak. Especially when a film is as successful as you know Fast and Furious Seven was, like it. It just kind of goes hand in hand, and again, you know, something that The Rock was a big part of in, in that film. So yeah, like, When Will I See You Again is uh, the, the number one song at the time, but let's get into this show. So this is the debut episode of Ballers, and a, a series uh, produced by Mark Wahlberg, as well as uh, The Rock and Danny Garcia. Uh, as MJ mentioned, the first episode was directed by Peter Berg, who was also one of the uh, executive producers, and the basic premise is Dwayne Johnson stars as Spencer Strasmore, a retired NFL player turned financial manager slash sports agent. And before we get into this, fellas, I have a big, big question about this series because the title sequence for Ballers, we got you know the music track, Little Wayne featuring Drake right above it. Okay. Good song choice. But the first thing we see, Steven, the first thing we see MJ besides scenery, uh, you know, going around Miami is Dwayne, the rock Johnson on the football field. No, not Spencer Strassmore. Dwayne, the rock oh, Johnson yeah, in a clearly visible Dol- uh clearly visible university of Miami Jersey with Dwayne Johnson on the back of the Jersey. So, Am I to believe, MJ, that in this universe of ballers, both Spencer Strassmore and Dwayne Johnson exist?
0: That's a very good question. You know, I always thought that was a nice little inside, uh, you know, if, if you know, you know, and it's yeah. a convenient thing uh but you raise a good point are we because in, in the show like we'll, we'll talk the about the you
2: know the we'll talk about the first scene here in a, in a little bit uh or the, or the first big scene with spencer in a little bit uh mj but in that scene we get flashbacks to spencer playing and it's spencer like we don't see johnson on the back of the jersey whereas in the opening credits it's clearly dwayne johnson playing for the university of miami
3: that is a little bit bizarre, isn't it? Actually, I, I, you know what? I've noticed that every single time, and I usually watch the credits because they're they're quite good fun, and I like I like the song. But actually, that is a bit weird, isn't it? Actually, if you think about that, like it is like a weird crossing over of worlds.
2: It's like yeah, because it's like obviously you've already shot or used some or altered some footage of Dwayne Johnson in a football jersey. Why not just use those?
1: Hmm.
0: I always knew it was Dwayne. Like that always registered with me because I know. Dwayne Johnson played at the U. Yeah, uh, so it always registered with me. I never thought about it in that in that way. Um, but they definitely allude to his playing career, Spencer's. That is not yeah. not Dwayne Spencer's <laughs> playing career. So. It is some I mean, I guess we're starting off with the first thing you see is a little bit of continuity error. But
2: would this show bad. be better, MJ? Like, here's a here's a thought I had. Would this show be better if instead of creating the character of uh, Spencer Strasmore, for the rock to play, if this were just kind of like a heightened version of Dwayne Johnson in this in this uh, series? Well, that would require
0: including his history as a professional wrestler, and I, I think this show is staying very far away from that lane. Um, so I'm going to say no, if only because I don't really need a, a cameo by uh, one Vincent Kennedy McMahon.
2: Oh, that would have been amazing. Have Vince McMahon played the Rob Corddry part.
0: <laughs> Not a better show. You're, you're now talking about the best character in the whole thing, so I digress. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, we start we start off with our, our lead character, uh, Spencer Strassmore, played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a uh, former NFL player who's now financial advisor. Uh, you know, he kind of goes through, I guess you could say a midlife crisis because, you know, we, we first see him sleeping with this woman and he's popping pills and his friend or a former teammate uh, dies um, in the most dishonorable way by... <laughs> Getting into an <laughs> argument with his mistress on the freeway and going headfirst into a truck while they are arguing because you know he's she's trying to she's trying to trap him because she's like you know do you love me more than football and he's like course baby I love you more than football do you love me more than an MVP trophy of course I love you more than the MVP trophy what about the Super Bowl ring oh Super Bowl ring is just jewelry I love you more than a Super Bowl ring uh, do you love me enough to leave your wife he's like. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, they get into this argument. They go careening headfirst into a truck, and we get Spence at the uh, funeral, delivering this this eulogy. So, kind of like our first, maybe five ten minutes of the episode. What did you guys think about the setup of Spence and this world of current and former players that he that he kind of inhabits?
3: I thought that um, the, the, the the bit with uh, with uh, Spencer in the bed, and you get the flashbacks and the big hits. And the pain pills, just like they're throwing loads at you, but you you know what you know you know what this guy is. His next footballer, he's got some problems. He's in pain. Yeah. And then this, and then this, this next scene with the with the uh, footballer in the car with his with his mistress. I think this just <laughs> like encapsulates the whole series. It's like bit of dark humour in here, like it's just mm. so good. And then it's all, and then the, I can't remember what the song was, but the song was so good in the background to this. And then she's saying all nice stuff, and then it turns. and I think she says, Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I want to say it was like. Uh... a... Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire Fantasy. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, <laughs> "This, this is so, so good." And the setup that that whole first few minutes just thought, "What a good job they've done of giving the background to the, the, the major character here, and also giving you a bit of a feel for what you know what this show's going to be about in terms of the, the humorous elements of it."
2: Yeah, and I, I like that you brought up kind of you know the dark humor because I feel like again maybe maybe I'm giving too much credit or reading too much into the the production elements of it, but. You know, you talk about Mark Wahlberg being one of the executive producers, him and The Rock, you know, they kind of had that bond coming off of Pain and Gain. And Pain and Gain is nothing if not pure dark humor. And so maybe some of those sensibilities came into Ballers in a way that like, you know, because, again, people make the comparison to Entourage. And I like I get the similarities, but I feel like Ballers has a little bit more bite to it than Entourage.
0: I don't know that it has more bite, but I think it's set in a different world. Mm. Uh, And because Entourage has a lot of the same beats, right? It has sex, it has drugs, it has pretty people, it has money. So a lot of the same beats, but I think because we're set in the world of football and you intuitively think of football as like kind of, you know, violent collisions, it feels way more
2: grittier. Um, you, You have to be a certain type, I mean, not that, Actors are the model of mental health, but you have to be a certain type of way. Like, you have to be wired uh, in, in a certain fashion to want to put your body on the line as a football player.
0: Exactly. Now, I I wrote down these few notes when I watched the pilot recently, and I wrote down sex, drugs, Little Wayne, uh, fast cars. I wrote, if you were looking for be cool rock or if you were looking for uh the scorpion king or the tooth fairy this was not the rock you were getting this Mm. is not that dwayne johnson this is very much like it hits you right in the face oh we're doing it like this is gonna be real um and that's that (laughs) grittiness that i think comes out in the first five minutes
2: yeah and i i I like that we're kind of just dropped into this world immediately, and you know we start to meet some of the characters that that fill it out. Obviously, we've got uh, you know Spencer. Uh, we we meet uh, Charles Green, who is like one of Spencer's. Who at the I, I, at first I was trying to figure out was he still playing or had he just retired? Because it feels, or maybe he's like a free agent that got released. Because it feels like nobody wants this dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel, yeah I, I think basically the story is that he had just retired for the first time but he's also not sure he wants to be retired we get into it yeah, later, yeah. later where he's looking for a job and that whole thing comes up um, I mean eventually he does become a player again within the series but yeah he's very much like the guy that everybody likes but he doesn't strike he as the coolest of dudes on the team.
2: No. And uh yeah, because he's a lineman and lineman can only be but so cool. Uh so yeah, we got a uh, Charles Green played by uh, Omar Miller who I feel like just like he's he's perfectly cast for the guy that's like you could tell he's got the size of a football player but he's like you said he's the nice guy. Like he's the guy everybody is friendly with, but he's not necessarily the cool guy. Uh then we meet uh John David Washington who is Maybe my favorite part of this series, you know, uh, looking at the overall series, uh, John David Washington, uh, son of Denzel Washington, former NFL player in his own right, starring as Ricky Jarrett, former wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, who who is described as a highly spiritual man. But he's also the type of man that will punch you in the club
0: after (laughs) after having sex in the bathroom and making everyone wait outside yes he just met <laughs> highly
3: spiritual man
0: emotional is, man is,
2: yeah.
3: he's incredible i don't want to skip well i want to skip too far forward but there's a bit later in this in this in this episode where he's praying and he's dropping f-bombs all over the place mm, yes the yeah so this is this i love ricky i think he, he's the sort of one that i think you, you just kind of want him a bit like um uh vince in in entourage actually in, 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 a, in a slightly different way in the sense that Vince, he gets he got himself in a few in a few scrapes in a very different character way, but you always kinda of want him to be pushed towards the the right side. And I thought Ricky was always like you were kinda of rooting for him, but you just knew he was gonna let himself down at some point
2: fairly soon. Yeah, yeah, he's kinda of, like he's got a lot of vents, but he's also like I, I saw like uh, maybe an updated version of Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. Yes. Uh, like yeah, very, very good. good. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: The, but yeah, I, I, th- I thought he is, like he's 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 really good, MJ. And then we like, of course, he's Denzel's son. We've seen this man acting in, in other films, like they're, like this guy's got the chops.
0: I think he's the glue that holds the show together throughout the history uh, throughout the series, mm. um, particularly the latter episodes. I mean, he's a very fascinating character. He gets involved in some storylines that are, are very relevant and very real. Um, also, brings that authenticity uh, in terms of his own playing uh, yep. career. And, and I want to say, although I might be mistaken in this, that he also is featured in the montage at the beginning during the credits.
2: Yeah, yeah, he is. Which, again, like, less, it's less weird than The Rock, I guess, yes. but certainly weird. <laughs> like, we're yes. using this real footage. Uh, but but um, I think like, he, his story is so interesting, just as a person, uh, because like, I feel like if, like, he he could have been a decent NFL player, but he would not have reached the heights that he's reached in in the world of acting because, like, like you said, he is one of the characters that sticks with you uh, in the series of ballers. But he's like, like, if you've seen Black Klansman, like, he is phenomenal in, in Black Klansman. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that he failed, quote unquote, as a football player. Because if if he had succeeded, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't get him here in Ballers, and it'd probably be some other former football player like Michael Strahan, and it wouldn't be nearly as good with Michael Strahan.
0: No, and he and you make a good point about his career in The Black Klansman. He's done a very good job of not becoming just Denzel's son. Mm. Uh, I do feel like, in particularly with this role and in the longevity of this show. He really did break out and stand out on his own, not just as somebody's son. Um, you know, the great Denzel.
2: Yeah. Uh, some of the other characters we meet. Uh, the, I guess the next most important football player would be uh, Vernon Littlefield, who is like the rookie, uh, the, like the hotshot rookie played by Donovan Carter. Uh, we don't get a whole lot about about Vernon in the pilot. We we know that he's very. Uh, Shall we say cavalier with his funds, though,
0: MJ? He's cavalier with his funds. Uh, he doesn't know who is at his house. Uh, he he really does uh, epitomize the the cliche rookie superstar yep. who signs for lots of money, spends lots of money, and ends up supporting uh, friends, family, and strangers.
2: Yep. Uh, what was your impression of MJ, Steven? I I, mean that, that, <laughs> I, was I really, he, really like him, Joe. So far. <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> what
3: was your impression of Vernon, Stephen? <laughs> uh, Vernon, I thought that was such a great scene with him. Um, so you've got this, this lovely guy that can't, doesn't want to challenge any of the people that are kind of, you know, sponging off of him for want of a yeah. better expression. And he's sitting there on his phone with with Spencer, and he's really nervous and he's worried. And like, it's like, no, we'll, we'll talk later, Spencer, kind of thing. But yeah, I thought I thought that that was great. And I'm sure a lot of athletes. Um, you know, especially especially if, if if you know, I'm sure it happens with, with with Premier League footballers here. If you're if you're from a difficult background or whatever, yeah. I'm sure it's difficult to kind of take the people with you and and knowing who's your friend and who's just out for money. So I thought that was really well introduced at the start there for Vernon
2: as well. Yeah, and it, it's it's yeah. such a real thing, like like you said, you know, that like I've I've known athletes from this area that have gotten into trouble because they have tried to help everybody. And it's like at a, it's at a certain point. It's a it's a noble thing, right? To want to help people in your community or help people in your family. But at a certain point, you gotta you gotta you gotta draw a line because you know, one of the big examples that that I always point to, you know, when whenever I talk to uh younger people, uh that's crazy that I even had to say that now. I've become the old guy in the barbershop now, <laughs> dispensing advice to the to the to the youth in the community. But uh like Michael Vick was somebody that I covered in high school. And It's like, yeah, you probably should have drawn the line when, when, when your friends were like, let's start a dog fighting ring. Like that should have been the cutoff for you, sir. But, but again, you know, you're trying to help everybody out. You're trying to set people up. And it's like, in the end, the only person getting set up is you because you, you can't help everybody and you shouldn't help everybody.
0: What I appreciate about this show, particularly this pilot episode, is that they introduce you to all these characters in very real situations. Mm. The first time you see Spencer, former player, he's having uh, nightmares about collisions on the course. He's popping uh, pain pills like Tic Tacs. That's very real. You meet Vernon. Same thing. Very real. This uh, yep. this idea that the young athlete who's been taken advantage of by everybody but doesn't want to say no. Um and then you of course see the hotshot Ricky Jarrett, who is out there living his best life and <laughs> causing a little bit of trouble for himself, uh, which is something that we're all too familiar with with uh in the in the social media era of covering sports.
2: Yeah, it's it's like this show isn't super deep. Like it's <laughs> it's not it's not war and peace, but I do feel like it's it does dip below the surface and touch on some some very real, very poignant things. Uh, it might not stay there for long, but at least it, you know, kind of touches on these things.
0: As the series evolves, and Nate, I highly recommend going back and seeing some of the more, the later seasons. Uh, it constantly has that glitz and glamour to draw you in, but if you want it, there is some underlying kind of, you know, there's something there below the surface. There's some mm. meat to the potatoes, um, mm. if you will. and it And it's, it's something that – I think it's Playmakers, you said, on ESPN. It's something that that yeah. should have done years before, but because of the affiliation with the NFL and all that kind of got nixed, here they were able to do it, um, and it it made for a great television show, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, like Play Playmakers – was so like that first season, like they were, were doing some really interesting things, but it wasn't going to last for long, you know, <laughs> not not with ESPN being in bed with the NFL. So like playmakers had to go. But uh, like, I feel like ballers is a, a spiritual successor in, in some instances to uh, playmakers. Uh, but let's talk about our final uh member of the main cast, I guess, because there's a lot of other people in the cast and we get some uh, pretty interesting cameos in the pilot episode. But the the final main character, so to speak, is uh MJ's boy, uh Rob Koisry as Joe Crudle, the financial advisor. Uh and I guess you could call him sidekick to, to uh Spencer.
0: He he I would say he's the South Beach equivalent to Ari Gold. He is yes. uh The financial advisor at Anderson Financial. Uh, Hey, there's a role for Vince McMahon. We could have got rid of Robert Schiff and just plugged in Mm. Vince right there um, as Brett Anderson, the old man. (laughs) But um, no, Joe is my boy. Joe is a phenomenal television character. His character progression as the series goes on and to him becoming his own man, him and his his relationship with Spencer, whether it's a sidekick now and we meet him in the pilot. His evolution as his own man later on mm. um he's great and he's great fodder right he's always there for comic relief uh we see that in this scene where ricky tells uh spencer leave leave i think it's leave the dork in the leave the dork or something leave the nerd
3: yeah and is great fodder
2: what did you think about rob cordry
3: uh Steve? I mean he's so he's so good I mean he he is like his his introduction uh mm-hmm. earlier on he's talking about whether Spencer got any lead like leads in terms of met any girls at the funeral That he just <laughs> at. and it's just like well you know what you're going to get from this guy and I just thought the I mean the kind of it wasn't too off again but it was a bit towards the end but the kind of bromance between these two characters was great and as MJ said he he developed into his own man and he, he was mm-hmm. pretty much up there as a as a, as a kind of co-lead really in a lot of this stuff and i just thought he was such a such an interesting character and i like the ari gold reference i i put it was a bit a little bit less less caricature than johnny drama but still like from Entourage but still uh, you know along a lot along those lines but someone again you're rooting for and is 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 super likable at the same time
2: yeah uh, so like this is a Really, really strong cast, and then, you know, you get some cameos sprinkled in. in. In this episode in particular, we get Antonio Brown and Deshaun Jackson, and we also get Dulé Hill of of Psych and WWE Raw fame.
0: Yes, who actually has a recurring role throughout the series as a general manager, in this case, I think, for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I, you, you hit it on the head, Nate. This is a great cast and, and well-casted. Um, they, mm. they got great people to play those roles, whether it be you know David Washington as a, an NFL player, uh, Dwayne Johnson as kind of this former player, like they all this all fit really well it, it, going back to watch the pilot, it made me realize how well all the pieces fit to make this work.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I really like this cast. So let's let's kind of talk about the main story. Even though this was, you know, the pilot kind of setting everybody up in this world, there was a main kind of through line uh, in this episode, and that was the story of our man Ricky Jarrett, who is, like, in his fifth or sixth year in the NFL, he's a star, uh, you know, people know him, he gets into an altercation at a nightclub, a fan provokes him, and so the Green Bay Packers, have to decide whether or not to cut Ricky Jarrett, and so Ricky turns to Spence to try to help him out. What, what did you guys think of the Ricky Jarrett uh, angle, so to speak, in this episode?
0: Stephen, go ahead first.
2: Oh, thanks, Andrea. So, so I, I, I thought
3: that the, um, I thought the, the bar scene was really interesting. And, and I, I can't imagine. To, I mean, I, I guess the, I guess Premier League footballers probably get it, but they're a bit smaller than NFL players. I thought. I can't imagine so. I mean, I, I can't imagine too many people going up to someone like Ricky Jarrett in, a, in the flesh unless mm. they were sort of drunken they've ever been in their entire life and actually saying that sort of stuff to somebody like that.
2: But I, I do feel that like, already. well, I kind of feel like before you before you go on, Stephen, I feel like MJ, like that type of thing is something that happened maybe a decade ago and it's, and it's kind of less so now in the age of social media, but like before camera phones, like we'd hear stories about Charles Barkley throwing a dude through a plate glass window at a restaurant wow. or, you know, people getting in the bar fights. So I feel like this is something that used to happen kind of on the regular, but now maybe because of social media, it doesn't happen as much. There's
0: definitely been a shift in the athlete culture where, you know, these guys, now you hear about how they just kind of stay at the hotels and and they, order room service. They watch Netflix. Like they used to go out way more. And I think the social media has really changed things for them where they can't just go out in anonymity. And they're always worried about who's going to catch what on the camera and and kind of destroy a career. And I think that's why we see young athletes in particular now are so much more mature because they have to be. Whereas you can get away with doing some stuff in the past and now you can't. So you have to grow up real quick.
3: Yeah, so get, you're 30 seconds away from, you know, your career being in massive jeopardy if you're caught doing yep. the wrong sort of thing in off season or whatever now, aren't you? But I thought this was set up really nice. And also um, the other character that comes in here is obviously Jason, his agent, which I thought is hilarious throughout the whole thing as well. Another, another sort of strong sideline character um, when, yeah. they, when they uh, speak uh, to him. And Troy, Troy Garrity. Yeah, absolutely. And interestingly, I don't know if you guys spotted, I don't know if your fans are Selling Sunset at all, the Netflix show at the moment, which is a bit like The Hills versus, you know, Selling Some Houses. But one of the girls from um, Selling Sunset was the lady in the scene with Jason um, in that scene where where he takes the call while he's uh, otherwise engaged, shall we say.
0: (laughs) The one who wants to know who's going to win the LPGA.
3: Yes, she is. Christ- she's Christine <laughs> from Selling Sunset, and I'll tell you what—I oh. my wife spotted that actually. By the way, while we we're watching this together, so <laughs> good props to my wife for spotting that. She's like, I'm sure I recognize that face. She looks up, yeah. So um, she, she was a bit of an actress before um, before that, as a few. I think a few of the ladies on that show were, but yeah, just a, a very interesting cameo there. Considering that that's a massive hit now, and she's obviously a big star.
0: Mm. The cameo that tickled my funny bone is that Antonio Brown is in this. Episode saying yeah. hello to Ricky Jarrett, and I feel like Ricky Jarrett was a forerunner to the modern day Antonio Brown. <laughs> How
2: <Look>. about that? <laughs> Art imitating life, or vice versa?
0: <laughs> I think they've been hanging out too much.
2: Like, I, I love. I did love that that uh, that cameo scene with Deshaun Jackson and Antonio Brown, where uh, Spence gives the iconic life lesson that you know, if, <laughs> if you can drive it, uh, fly it. Float it or screw it. You need to lease it instead of buying it. Like mm. that's that's you know that's a pretty pretty wise uh, advice right there that Spencer's giving out to the young younger cats.
0: For all those
2: young athletes
0: out there listening to this, heed Spencer Strassmore's advice.
2: <laughs> uh, but I, I really like the the Ricky Jarrett story MJ because it, it again like it, I think it would be very easy to try to paint Ricky as a one note character. Uh, but A, I feel like they they wrote him smart enough and B, the performance of John David Washington is, is so good that we get like these moments of vulnerability with Ricky, you know, like uh, Steven alluded to earlier when he's praying and he's, <laughs> he's cussing in the middle of his prayer or when, uh when he ultimately gets cut by the Packers and he has to go meet up with the Dolphins and he's a minute late for the meeting. And instead of, you know, throwing an attitude or whatever. Like he stays there the whole time that the, the uh, owner's out on the boat. And then when they, when the owner comes back and sees Ricky, he's like, this
0: this is something I love when they're able to do with characters where they present to you what you would think is the typical, Oh, this guy's, you know, he, he got thrown off the Packers. Now he's trying to get another gig and he's a minute late. Right. That's like the typical, like, of course he is. He's a screw up. But then they show you him sitting there and the vulnerability and the other side of him where it's like, no, this guy actually cares. And I always enjoy when they're able to kind of flip the switch a little bit where you feel, okay, I can relate to this guy or I appreciate this guy. He's a, yeah. you know, he's not that bad of a guy. Um, he's got some great quotes in this thing. Uh, can I read some off here? Yes, yes, pro- proceed. Yeah, so at one point I think they say uh, he would do anything. He goes, you think I'd play in the independent football league? That's for suckers? Uh, <laughs> which. I hope, uh, I hope Dwayne Johnson is not listening now because, uh, you know, he might take that differently these days. Uh, he <laughs> says, he says, uh, I think Spencer tells him no more fucking Twitter. And Ricky says back, fuck Twitter. Uh, yeah. you, this was five years ago. And then we also had him say that he would do anything to which somebody asked him, would he even play special teams? And he says, no, <laughs> absolutely
3: not. Yep. There's <laughs> so, so many great one-liners in <laughs> there. I, I, um, I wanted to two, ask three. you guys, is there a stigma with playing – because I, I don't, I've watched a bit of NFL, but not, not hugely knowledgeable. Is there a stigma with playing special teams then, in, in terms of if he had to do that?
2: Star players usually don't play special teams because okay. they could get hurt. So to him, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to risk my body – running back kicks or running back punts like no ricky ricky Jarrett's <laughs> not doing that
3: <laughs> he also had a great line about um, he said at lunch with spencer that he doesn't want to go to jacksonville where careers go to die, which i thought was interesting given the AEW tie-in
2: and stuff now <laughs> <laughs> oh we could have got a great uh shad khan cameo <laughs> yeah
3: absolutely it's funny because it's Sh- shad khan he owns the football the, the soccer team i support as well so it's like a mm. a weird uh kind of merging of worlds that's happened over the last couple of years as they that Tony Khan runs AEW and also Fulham as well. So it's it's a bit bizarre to be honest. But yeah, I thought that was a really funny line given what's happening in the world at the moment.
2: Yeah, you're you're right, uh MJ. Like Ricky does have some good little zingers because it like you, you know you talk about that scene on the docks where he's waited all afternoon uh for the Dolphins uh ownership to come back and he's still there. And you get this nice sentimental moment that the, you know they're like, okay, this guy's serious, and and uh, the guy's like, you know, hey, open that chest and uh, grab a couple fish because uh, yes. <laughs> so we we can go meet Shula. And and Ricky goes, he's like, sure, I'll do anything. And he goes over and looks at, at the fish in the cool. He's like, no, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> this
0: is this is interesting because in this conversation, I'm starting to reflect on when I watched the episode uh, earlier this morning. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is is the draw, right? Come for The Rock. It's The Rock on HBO. But John David Washington, as Ricky Jarrett, steals the pilot. Like, if you don't leave this pilot saying, I want to hang out with that guy and see what that guy's going to do next week, which is great because you need that second draw. You need that, that, what else am I getting here? And and he really provides it in spades in the pilot.
2: Well, because I feel like. The When The Rock is at his best when he's got people to play off of, you know, you, you can talk about uh, Vin Diesel uh, or, you know, the Fast and the Furious crew or the movies that he does with Kevin Hart. Uh, and so, like, we get a little bit of it in this episode, but I feel like The Rock and John David Washington, uh, and you can throw in Omar Little. Like, I feel like he's got a good group of people around him to kind of bounce off of.
0: And Joe, don't forget about Joe with the Rob Corddry's character. Yeah. They have some great scenes together. Uh, yeah, he, he does really strive with a, uh, a a Robin, if you want to call him Batman. He needs a Robin, and he has some good <laughs> ones here.
2: Um, uh, so I guess kind of wrapping up the 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 episode before we can kind of move on to talk about the series as a whole, fellas. Um, what 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 did you make of the pilot? Because you know, but by the time we get to the end, uh, we've got. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he's written this 300000 or Spencer, uh, not Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Dwayne Dwayne Johnson's the guy in the, in, in the opening credits. You know, Spencer's the guy in the body of the show. Uh, they're two different people that have no similarities whatsoever. Uh, Dwayne uh, Spencer uh, writes a $300,000 check for Vernon so he can kind of make sure he doesn't lose his house. Uh, and he goes to deliver it to him, and... Again, Vernon, the folly of youth is just kind of oblivious to this, and he's, you know, he's, right, he rocks. Uh, Spencer's like, okay, I'm your agent now, and and uh, he's like, cool. You want you want to hang out? You know, get something to drink. And he's rock is like, no. Nah. Uh, so he so he solved that that dilemma. Ricky's got a job with the Dolphins now, so Ricky's had his dilemma solved. Uh, Omar, when we leave the pilot, oh, is Omar still at the car dealership, or is he gone by then?
0: Yeah. So, so, uh, dual Hills character comes to the dealership to talk to, uh, Omar, who was tr- Charles green in the show yeah. about, I think John, I think it's about Ricky Jarrett. Yeah, he, it, he acts like he's
2: buying a car, but he's really interest, right. interested in finding out about Ricky. Right. right. And there, there's
0: a great little line there. Are you really here to see the car? Or are you here to kick the tires on Ricky Jarrett? Um, and, yep. and Charles is now made his wife happy who wants him to go get a job. You have this kind of turmoil of does Charles really (laughs) want to do that? Does he want to play again? Um, So he's kind of on that. That's his storyline. That's his story thread there.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's kind of had a good day here. He's helped out Ricky and he's also uh, kept his wife happy, which is the biggest victory of all for for our man Charles here. Uh, You've got uh, Spence, who is now he's got got, uh, Vernon as a client and – Unfortunately, that's about all he's got because he goes to the ATM. He's out for a night on the town, goes to the ATM, and uh, Spence has no money or at least not enough money to cover uh, the the expenses for this evening, Stephen.
3: Right. yeah absolutely i th- I thought that was uh that was a really nice nice touch then and actually he, ha- he hasn't quite got vernon as a client yet so that's one of the things that's left open and he hasn't got the he hasn't got the signed paperwork or anything Yeah, he's just letting him the money yeah.
2: he didn't even get the handshake because yeah. he he no, holds yeah. out his hand at the house and and vernon's like cool yeah you my agent but there's no kind of formal gentleman's agreement and like you said more importantly there's no signed paperwork so he's He's going on the promise that he's got this client and when he hits this ATM, MJ, like the the cupboard is bare.
0: <laughs> the
2: cupboard is bare. He
0: just wrote a check that uh, doesn't seem like he might be able to cash. Um, little little technical things here. So Dwayne Johnson is playing Spencer Strasmore, this retired player who's actually, is not an agent. He's trying to be a financial manager. And as you said off the top, he's trying to monetize his friendship. So the whole relationship between him and Joe is that they're going to work together to try to start managing football players' money using Dwayne Johnson, uh, Spencer Strasmore's connections. Yeah. Um, right. So he doesn't quite have Vernon. He does have Ricky. Ricky's like all in because he bailed Ricky out of a jam. Yeah. Got Ricky. Uh, got Ricky a new team, and yet he has nothing. Which I think as a final that's, beat of that's the thing, show, Ricky,
2: Ricky hadn't even really. Ricky hadn't even really gotten paid yet by uh by the dolphins
0: right everybody in this scene, everybody in this orbit is kind of just writing checks they can't cash um (laughs) which interesting in itself i think as a final beat of the show of the pilot though it does leave you with that scene of okay spencer might be broke we started it with spencer's popping pills so it does give you that also that through story of like huh Mm, yeah Huh. Spencer might not be all the you know the exterior looks good, but what's under the hood?
3: Yeah, yeah, there's some peril there, isn't there? Some peril for your main character, something to worry about, to invest you in. You know, can it? Can he keep keep things right the right side of the line and you know improve mm-hmm. his own situation while he's doing that for other other people at the same time?
2: Yeah, as, as Dan Levitard would ask in episode three, I believe, what's the end game here, Spence? And we would find out. Um, throughout the end game might've been the XFL. (laughs) This this is all just a backdoor pilot to, to purchase the XFL one day. He didn't know it,
0: but he was heading somewhere.
2: (laughs) So after seeing this episode, like, uh, kind of put yourself back in in the time frame where you first saw the pilot episode were you excited to continue on with the series and what are your thoughts on ballers as a whole because both of you guys have completed the series i've gotten through three seasons i've still got still got to finish i still got to catch up uh but what are you what are your kind of overall opinions on the pilot and the series as a whole well
0: as as i said you got Sex, drugs, football, parties, girls, Little Wayne. <laughs> I really don't know how you're not all in right away. Um, for me personally, I think it was I, – I remember watching. I remember being excited it would be on as being a big rock fan, knowing mm-hmm. that HBO does great shows, having loved the Entourage, remembering Arliss. But I also was kind of like, uh, is this going to fall flat? And at the end of this, no, it did not fall flat. This was, okay, I want to live in this world. This world
3: looks fun. Mm. What about you, Stephen? Yeah, I, I think that sums it up. Like, the, 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 you know, all the scenes, the mansions, the, you know, everything about this show, you just like, I just want to be airlifted into this straight away. I thought, I thought they did a tremendous job in the pilot of setting up
2: all the main characters. Mm. Um, I Did you ever feel, I guess, um, you know, my question real quick, did you ever feel a bit of a disconnect, you know, in, in terms of maybe not being as familiar with some of the football stuff? Did, did that ever take you out of the story?
3: Um, not really. Cause it's, uh, it's not, I don't, I don't think I, I'm, I'm I've, I've watched a, a bit of NFL over the years. So I'm not, it's not completely alien to me, but I think, I don't think it's so much, and perhaps you guys might disagree, but I, I didn't feel like it was so inside you couldn't get it without, you know, without, without being a big massive
2: fan of, of kind of the sport the whole time. No. But I, I, I thought that, like, that I feel was, like if you know, like, uh, like in the pilot, for instance, like if you know, who Deshaun Jackson and Antonio Brown are it's it's a bonus or if you know like if you if you know the joke about the special teams like it's a bonus but it if you don't know it's not a detraction it's not a deterrent I feel like if you do know then it's just icing on the cake
3: yeah exactly and this show um I probably binged uh the first four series of this in about six or seven weeks about Mm. two years ago and then we had a really long wait for the Final season that was only probably finished airing maybe three or four months ago. Here, oh wow! Um, I, I think sadly the show went a bit downhill when one of my countrymen, Russell Brand, joined it. Um, I don't know what you think about that, MJ, because I I found his character really grating to start off with. I thought that was kind of the time when things went a bit south. Even though I thought the finish was good and they they pulled it around, uh, what, did, what did did you think that was a kind of bit of a turning point for it?
0: Uh, so so me personally, and, and I can totally see where you're coming from on that, because the show definitely takes a pivot and focuses on a lot more other stories, not football centric. Uh, but for me personally, I love that element um, that hit a lot of the kind of like sports media business stuff that I'm into. And it also allowed other characters to kind of stand on their own, particularly Joe Crattel um he, yeah i could see where maybe you didn't love your countryman's portrayal in the show he's not portrayed as the most stand-up and uh <laughs> reputable
3: guy but at the same you know, time I think, I, I think it added it, something yeah. i think it's just do you know what maybe i'm being unfair on on him but I, he he's he's kind of like this i wasn't con i wasn't con- concerned about the way he was but like, how a brit was portrayed on the show it was more that i just didn't think he was i didn't like him very much and i think that's mm. I think um, we have an expression here, um, a bit marmite. So I don't know if you have marmite in the states, but marmite is a spread that you put on bread. Where either people absolutely love it or they absolutely hate it. And no one's in the mm. middle. That is what Russell Brand is for Brits. Like you either really love him or you really hate him. And there's not really much in the middle. <laughs> I can kind of tolerate him, but I'm probably more to the don't really like him. He's uh, you know it gets he great great to me a little bit. But I think you know. He, by the end, I thought he they really toned him down a bit, and I thought it was much more bearable in season five um, as, as that progressed to a, a I thought it was a really satisfactory ending, actually, in terms of mm. where they went with the, the storyline.
2: So I'm gonna have to catch up because yeah, I, I stopped after season three. Like once, uh, once uh, my man Peter Berg left, I left too. As, as <laughs> once head coach Peter Berg was out, I was out. I don't know <laughs> why. I feel like I just like. Uh, you know, there's there, there's way too much stuff on, uh, so I, I just dropped off of the show, but yeah, I, I need to go back and catch season four and five just to, to see how things ended up for Spence and the gang.
0: Well, n- no spoilers, but uh, a season five is very light on Spence. Um, I, th- I think The Rock might have uh, used his um, clause in the contract that said, I don't have to appear on set. I will only appear in a car. Um, but <laughs> I definitely think season season four in particular takes a turn into kind of like uh, more character development, more storylines mm. that aren't aren't what you're seeing here in the pilot for sure, and also not maybe one and two. You know, just taking a step back to what you were saying about the disconnect, Nate. Um, if you don't know who Antonio Brown is or, or Jackson is, I do feel like there's still something to gain out of. Okay, and Stephen, I'd be curious your opinion. You may not know who they are as players, but you recognize or you can appreciate that like, okay, these are some celebrities or some famous people, um, even if I don't personally know who they are as football players. Um, There's stuff later on when it comes to team names and the Cowboys and the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes and things Mm. like that where I don't know that you need to understand the detail as much as you need to know the concept of, okay, they're using real life things here to enhance the story of a fictional show. Mm.
3: Yeah, the the camp. So, so like the cameos. So, I, I didn't know who any of those any of those footballers were, but I I assumed that these are. You know, they're either people. You know, either they're cameos or they're just they're supposed to be famous footballers, and that's why they bumped into them kind of thing. So I guess some of them probably were cameos. Some, of them, some, some, some of them were the other. But I think you're right, absolutely, in terms of the later stuff. It's like it didn't, it didn't really matter. But I did really like the fact that Shooter McGavin was like a big, you know, big <laughs> in the NFL towards the end. I don't that gives that gives too much away, but yeah, I'm always a big, big fan of, of him. But he didn't eat any piece of shit for breakfast, sadly, in the, in the last series. But yeah, he was great as well.
2: Oh yeah, I'm reading you on the uh, wikipedia he was the um owner of the cowboys which yes yeah. if you're going to have a fictional jerry jones Shooter McGavin fits the bill mm-hmm.
0: mj oh he's great they call him boss man he really plays the part well um <laughs> there's some good stuff later in the series and nate again i, I recommend i recommend anybody listening to us talk about this mm. uh if you're into into football or into the world of sport
2: uh, there's some I, great I, I, things I later on I do have to say, though, MJ, like a point that you had just made is a very big, but I feel like it, it's it's a point that can kind of go under the radar. And that's we actually get NFL licenses in this show. These aren't fake teams.
0: Yeah, there was a lawsuit at some point very early in this to kind of, I guess, yeah. a cease yep. and desist. Um, I, you know, I don't have the history of it up in front of me, but I, obviously it goes right up to the end of the series where they're using the likeness. Uh, You said earlier, ESPN's in bed with the NFL, so the NFL says pull the the plug, ESPN's pulling the plug. HBO has no such uh, ties to the NFL, so.
1: No,
2: and and I feel like they had a little bit more freedom, A, because it's HBO when you can kind of get away with a lot more than you can at 9 o'clock on ESPN, but also that relationship, like you said, isn't there other than, you know, something like hard knocks. You know, that's maybe the extent of the NFL's relationship with HBO. Uh, But I feel like the show would still be good if these were fictional teams, but the fact that we've got the Miami dolphins and we've got, you know, the chiefs, like you said, and the Cowboys, like I feel like that adds another level of realism to this that allows you to get immersed in the world a little bit more.
0: There is a story on business insider. Um, That actually explains how HBO was able to use all this IP and all the licensing without having a deal in place. Um, And I do know Wahlberg and The Rock were sued, it says here, at one point for a couple hundred million dollars, which (laughs) I don't think ever came to fruition there. Interesting. Yeah, so. Here, Business Insider learns that as long as the NFL trademark and team logos are used as they were intended to be used and not disparaged or tarnaged, (laughs) there is no need to ask for permission.
2: So, mm. that yeah, that's really Okay, so uh, yes, yeah, so I, I guess I can announce, gentlemen, it's something I've been kind of keeping quiet. Uh, uh, the Rocky Mountain View Picture Show is now endorsed by the National Football League. <laughs> Excellent. Great stuff. Great news. Congratulations. Oh, shout out to Roger Goodell Nate, and everybody. Will you, will, you be, will you be covering the big game or the Super Bowl? I mean, I, the Super Bowl is great, but nothing compares to that big game. The, I, wonder, the game. I wonder, like, because in the original XFL, wasn't it like a million dollars? That was the reward, a million dollars. So now, because of inflation, that's like we got to be at least what, 10 million at least? <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> that, was, that was what, yeah. 20 years ago?
0: Now you might be playing for ownership of the XFL.
2: Mm. Only 15 million. That's incentive. Yeah. Again, like The Rock. They, That's a, I feel, and and I'm not the first person to make the comparison, but you know how, like, when Vince bought WCW, he got it for, like, pennies on the dollar? Right. Like, Rock made out like a bandit. Rock and uh, Danny Garcia and the good people at Redbird Capital made out like a bandit on this deal because, yeah, like, there's, even if they don't play a single down, there's a way you can turn this around and, and make some money off of it.
0: Oh, I can't wait to buy XFL vintage T-shirts in the year twenty thirty-five.
3: <laughs> you know what? I've I mean, actually still got an original XFL football from my first trip to WrestleMania, which is ooh. downstairs somewhere, and still, I, I, that, that's been around the world on various holidays <laughs> with me. So, yeah, still, 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 still exists. It's still in good shape. Oh, maybe no spoilers. Is... Yeah,
0: hey Nate. No spoilers, but um, there is something that happens. Stephen will know what I'm talking about in the later seasons where spencer strassmore pulls a rock that's all i'll say he pulls a dwayne johnson Mm. there is a purchase interesting
2: (laughs) so so you're saying he he, he's going from financial advisor to agent to some type of owner (laughs)
0: uh no spoilers but hey, everybody, check out Ballers. Uh, HBO. <laughs> <laughs> no cheap plug for HBO Max. Uh, I don't know if uh,
2: nefarious means or something. I mean, I H- HBO Max is the place to go now. That uh, I, I guess this week, as of this week, all the uh, DC stuff from DC uh, Online, the DC nice. Universe, is now because I, I like they just fired half of their staff, which isn't nice. But I guess it's like. It it needed to happen. HBO needed to consolidate all this stuff. Time Warner needed to consolidate all this stuff because like, people can't just be having 10 different streaming services in the middle of a pandemic. That's, that seems, uh, (laughs) unethical.
0: We we are quickly reaching a point where streaming services, you add them all up, they probably equal a cable bill. So, uh, Yeah. yeah, some consolidation needed to happen there.
2: So, uh, but I guess the last thing on, on the, uh, on ballers as a whole before we get to our ratings gentlemen um like i feel like from the three seasons i've seen and, and in particular let's you know let's kind of frame it around this pilot that, that i'm sure some of the listeners watched along with us this month i feel like this is a show that is certainly of its time period right like even down to the music and the intro and the glitz and the girls and the fast cars and the and the buff dudes like it feels of a time period but I also feel like there's a lot in this show that just works it's it's universal it's as relevant as it was five years ago as it is today and it'll probably be as relevant five years from now
0: I would agree with that I, I think uh, the, the quote Fuck Twitter says it all, right? Like, <laughs> even in 2015, people knew Twitter was up. You know, you were gonna have problems on Twitter. Um, but I would agree, it's of a time period that um, modern sports—the way that modern sports gets looked at, modern sports gets covered—the way that we know about the incidents, we know about the problems with money. Um, there yeah. was that great. There was that great ESPN Thirty for Thirty. I think it was, uh, and it might have been on Michael Vick, where you know, the, the, the whole broke story, all these athletes who go bankrupt yep. and whatnot. Um, so the show is definitely relevant. And, yeah, there's some dated references or dated images, but I definitely think that you're on to, you know, that's right. It, it's a good capture of the time period that it ran from 2015
2: to 2019. Mm. Uh, do you think Ballers still kind of holds up, not only for today, Stephen, but, you know, for somebody that might, decide to check this out on hbo go or hbo max or hbo platinum whatever it's called 10 years from now like if somebody decides to go back and check out ballers do you think a lot of this will still hold up
3: yeah i think so i think one jason is 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 nailed on really i mean there there is some you know there's probably and and we're always evolving in terms of insensitivities around Mm. you know dialogue and what people say about you know certain subject matters and that's always going to continue mean and that's the right thing. But like you,
2: yeah, you met been... uh, man, uh Joe at, at at the party in episode three. I don't know if that <laughs> <laughs> I can't Even, even in, in twenty fifteen, I don't know if that scene <laughs> would fly. <laughs> well, but, but that's here, the thing. Here's,
0: here's what I liked about some of this. Sorry, Stephen. They don't no, glorify the negatives. Yeah, um, yeah. even the pill popping here in the pilot, even the money spent, it, they don't glorify it. They're kind of highlighting it because it's real. But right. they tell stories that actually bring it to the forefront of like, hey, this isn't exactly great that this happens, but it does happen. So it has. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's such a good point. I, I think that, that that that's that's right on in terms of. I, I don't think they. I don't think they glamorize. Uh, you know, the negative side of this at all. I think it's very well. As much as I can 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 say, I think it's very real. And I, and I I I think the series as a whole is really great. I mean, as I said, if you liked Entourage, which and I I I think Entourage is. If you look, watch that back now, that's probably a lot more dated than this mm. season. and obviously that was a, that was a bit earlier. But yeah, I think I think overall, um, Ballers is a, is a great show. I was a bit worried going into the last season because I didn't like the first couple of episodes and I was a bit bit Russell branded out. But actually, without any spoilers, it really picks up, and I would highly recommend that. because I think there's some really interesting stuff in those last few episodes.
2: Okay, yeah, and I I would agree with both of you guys. You know, uh, just off of the three seasons I've seen it, I think it still holds up. Uh, obviously, The Rock is somebody who. Will be like I feel secure in saying that, I, that the Rock is as relevant now as he will probably be ten years from now because I feel like he's he's like he's like like we said earlier like he's ascended into that realm where he's Teflon and unless something disparaging comes out in the next decade, I don't feel like any anything is going to be smirched that image that the Rock has built up uh, because it's real you know it, every story you hear about the guy is like he's he's a good person and you can see why people are drawn to him but. I I also feel like the thing with Ballers is that, you know, when you compare it to Entourage and, and I liked Entourage for its time. You know, I'm not one of these people that now hates on Entourage. Uh, you know the movie was what it was, but I feel like Entourage was of a time, but it doesn't doesn't quite feel as timeless as Ballers. And maybe Yuck. that maybe that's just because of the subject matter, like MJ was saying earlier, where like Hollywood goes through these stages and ebbs and flows, and you know, celebrity takes on different forms. But football and sports and athletics, while it changes, it's something that I feel like, especially with with guys, we can relate to, regardless of whether we're talking about football in the '80s or football in the '90s or football ten years from now when robots are playing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think there's a big there's a difference for me between what you. You know, depicting Hollywood through Entourage, where Hollywood, I mean, we see movies, we see TV, but the behind-the-scenes stuff, it's very, it's very hidden. It's very private. You don't hear all the stories, mm. whereas the way sports are say, covered so you're now. You're saying
2: no one else was there in the room where it happened, MJ? Uh,
0: there's a lot of cases of that, and you can point to some recent, you know, recent stories where it comes out and, hey, who knew this was happening for 20 years? People knew, but it wasn't out there in the public. Mm. Um, whereas with the NFL, in particular the NFL, because of how uh, it is America's sport – sorry, baseball um, – it is covered wall-to-wall. ESPN is covering it in the middle of summer when there may not even be a season, but they're covering all the nitty-gritty. So like you see these stories all the time, and it keeps it relatable. It keeps it ever-pressing in your mind at the forefront of the sports person's conscience – And I think, therefore, this show, in a similar way, there's always stories they can tell. Like, to me, even without Dwayne Johnson in it, bowlers could have gone another five seasons if it wanted to because there's always new stories that you could tell about the world of sport, the world of football. And, uh, and again, Nate, cover your ears. Season five (laughs) dips into, uh, I think it's stuff with players and health concerns, and there's things with uh, college recruitment in that whole world. Like there's so many things that they go into that you can continue to flush out where I think this is a story that could go on for as long as there is football, because you're just continuing to, to, you're depicting what we see every day. If you turn on ESPN, whereas Hollywood, it's hard to depict that because there's so much stuff, backroom dealings, Mm. you don't know about it. So it's hard to envision like, Oh, is that real? Or is
2: that made up? Yeah. And particularly when you talk about you know college and, and the, what's going on with them right now, like as we are recording this, you know, college is trying to decide whether they're going to have a football season. And you've got these kids who are, other than the scholarships, these kids who are not being compensated for their work and for putting their bodies on the line. And so there's a lot of ethical questions going on with the sport of football in general. Like, it's football is not a good thing. If you look at it from the standpoint of these, these people as human beings, like, obviously, you know, we love football. uh, uh, But if, if we were, if football had like a warning label on it, like, like alcohol or cigarettes, like nobody would play football because it's like, yeah, your life's going to be short. You're going to get brain damaged. You know, you, you might have heart disease. You know, there's, there's a lot of, ailments that come from this game and when you take it to the college ranks you're getting these ailments for free kids uh, so like i feel like football is always gonna have this weird place in a particularly when you know when we talk about america uh our psyche mj because they're modern day gladiators you know it's the closest thing other than maybe boxing or mma but those are not nearly as popular as the nfl so or even college football uh, but I feel like these are the modern-day gladiators, and, and there's so many kind of triumphant stories, but also a lot of tragic stories in the sport that you can tell on the screen.
0: Yes, and, and that's exactly right, and that, that's kind of the, the point I was trying to make where it's like you const- we, we are constantly digesting stories about whether it be the NFL or college football or even something like the XFL, the rise of another league. Um, we're constantly digesting these stories and there's so many ways to tell them. And also it's a very popular sport here in America. We all know people that either play high school football, college football, maybe you play mm-hmm. high school football. So you have your own versions of these stories. Right. Um, and, and that's where I like where this show, uh, getting back to ballers, it digs in at that and even going right down to the pilot, you're seeing several different avenues of that, where it's a guy who's retiring. Does he want to be retired? A guy who's a star on the field, but has trouble off the field. A guy who ends up dead because of extramarital affairs and a fight <laughs> with his girlfriend. Like, like, but these are stories that are are not so foreign. Like,
2: you know how much Americans love football, Steven? Like, we made a movie. Speaking of Mark Wahlberg, we made a movie about a dude that played for two seasons in the NFL. Called Invincible, starring Mark Wahlberg. We made a movie about a dude, he wasn't a <laughs> Hall of Famer, he wasn't a star. He played for two damn seasons. And Americans ate that up because we love football so much.
3: Well, I'm sure there's, Joe, you know, I, hope, I, hope, I haven't seen that one, but I, there's a lot of terrible soccer films out there. So I hope that's actually quite a good one because <laughs> no one's, no one's quite got the soccer film <laughs> genre quite
2: right yet, unfortunately. Invincible made $60 million, MJ. Why?
0: Uh, Americans love football. It's a weird <laughs> perversion. Like, you're right. If football came with a warning, you know, like, uh, and it's a thing in youth football today, right? How old should kids be before they're allowed to play? Is it, you yeah, know, we play tag football, flag you know, two anti- It's a weird perversion Americans have with it, but you're right. It's modern day gladiators. It's glamour. It's, it's, it's glor- it's glorified um, <laughs> differently than like, MMA and wrestling. Like and Rudy, Rudy combat.
2: played, Rudy was a walk on at Notre Dame, played one down in one game. And had a movie made about this man, like that's that's how much we love football we'll just we'll take any old story as long as you put the music behind it and and give us a narrative we'll buy it
0: <laughs> that, on any given Sunday, as they say
2: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, fellas, let's get to the main event here let's let's uh give out some some grades for ballers because this is the part of the show where. We rate things, and, and as you know, on the Rocky Mountain View Picture Show, we have a patented rating scale on a scale of 1 to 5. If a movie, or in this case, a, a TV show, is great, if it's fantastic, if there's no flaws in it, if it's 5 out of 5, we just went one-on-one with a great one. If if the series or the show or the film is good, but it's not perfect, you know, but it's really strong, it's really solid, that's a 4 out of 5. That's a people's chance. If it's okay, if it's not great, if it's not bad, if it's, you know, uh, Stephen's impression of Russell Brand, that's a three out of five. (laughs) That's a know your role. If a film is terrible, or in this case, if the episode is terrible, but Dwayne Johnson's good in it, or if Dwayne Johnson is not so good and the episode is good, that's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. But if the film or episode is terrible, if there's no redeeming qualities, if it finds a way to diminish the rock, if it's doom, that is a one out of five. That is a rock bottom. So, Brother Stephen, on a scale of one to five, what would you give the pilot episode of HBO's Ballers? You know what? I'm going to go
3: strong on this. I'm going to go People's Champ, four
2: out of five. Mm. Okay. Four out of five of People's Champ. I like that. I like that. Uh MJ, on a scale of one to five, what would you give ballers the pilot episode? I give the pilot episode a four point five because I think it's a great mm. So what is that? Is that a People's Champ in a in, a, in an Elba? I mean that's uh that's you say you no, know, it's not quite we went one on one with a great one. It's the people's champ, it's like it's like the rock bottom he did in those uh, dress shoes. So you, you put a little extra flair on it.
0: <laughs> you, yeah. you
2: slid with it a little bit. I <laughs> slid nice. a little
0: bit. Yep. I raised the <laughs> eyebrow. Uh, I give the pilot a 4.5. I give the series a four. Hmm. Um, and I do wish it would be re, you know, brought back in some way because I do think there's a, a life to it beyond just the seasons they did.
2: Okay. So uh 4.5 for the pilot. And you gave the series as a whole a four. What would you give the series as a whole, Stephen? Um, I think I'd probably
3: stick with a four because I, I do think it goes a little bit. For me, it goes a little bit down, but then strong finish. So, yeah, I, I couldn't give okay. it a four. But I think four out of five is really, still really really super strong. So, yeah, very, yeah. Very, uh, very recommended.
2: Okay. As for me, I think I will have to agree. Like, uh, I like the pilot a lot. I feel like they've got a lot to do, and they find a way to set the table – without shortchanging anybody like n- we don't spend a lot of time with anybody besides really spence and ricky but everybody gets their shine joe gets shine uh, uh charles gets his shine vernon gets his shine uh you know even the f- player that died had a standout scene with the, <laughs> with the mistress and in the car the agent had a the agent has a scene of all scenes the agent had the scene of all scenes. If you've seen the pilot. Mm.
0: <laughs> we'll, keep it, we'll keep it PG. We'll keep it Are PG
3: we, like we, most. I know it's too. When, when he's, he's on the phone with the future LP. We'll
2: say it say, this PG like most yeah. of the Rocks movies. This, this, is right. a, this is a family. This is family rock here. This is Tooth Fairy rock. We, we, <laughs> keep it PG, MJ. <laughs> Just like the Tooth Fairy. but but yeah i'd give it a four out of five man like i felt like it immediately kind of puts you in this world and gets you acclimated and and the ending of the episode like you really want to find out what's going on with these characters like is is spence going to be able to come through for vernon Is Spence is you know are they going to be able to work together is ricky going to cut it with the dolphins you know you you you're interested in these people what's going on with uh charles and his wife is charles going to be able to make this transition and be happy as a retired player uh and so like, again yeah, it's i feel like it's a really really strong pilot and that's not the easiest thing in the world to do like pilots are are tough because there's a lot of ground you got to cover in the span of what 30 minutes for this episode 35
0: yeah they, they give you they give you a taste of the world. They get they introduce you to the main players in it. Um, I always view a pilot through these lenses. Like, do I want to go back to that world? And I think it's hard to say you don't – you're not interested in this world if you watch the pilot. Like, if this, if this hooks you because of The Rock, if it hooks you because of football, if it hooks you because it's an HBO show, mm. I think it's hard to then say after you see the pilot, yeah, no, I'm out. I don't want to go back to that world. There's a lot of <laughs> things in this world that make you
3: want to come back. Yeah, mm. I thought I'd the whole thing, to be honest. And, that, and that's on the strength of watching the pilot again, you know, the, the last couple mm. of days. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah,
2: I, I, yeah, I, I was going to say that. Like, after watching the pilot again this week, I'm like, not only do I want to f- go back and watch the first three seasons, but I actually want to finish it. Uh, so I'm, I might just do that. I might just uh, go into the world of ballers and, and, and hang out with Spence. Which, again, that, that might be the only thing that, that kind of throws this off. Like, I feel like that—that's a name that wouldn't fit this character in real life. Hey, Nate, I got breaking news, just so that we can put a nice little
0: timestamp on uh, on this podcast. The Big Ten has just <laughs> nixed the fall football season.
2: Mmm. So we've so we've we've lost the Big Ten. We've lost the MAC. So you're, well, you're up next, SEC. I, be, I feel like the SEC will be the only ones holding out in the end. Very interesting. I, I, you know, don't know that
0: anybody's going to be playing college football if the Big Ten canceled. It's hard to imagine they do that with uh, other conferences playing.
2: If, if you learn nothing else from from the show this week, Stephen, it's that a Americans love Fozzie. Like we're willing to risk our health oh. Oh, to, go, to go to yeah. go listen to Fozzie, but also. Uh, <laughs> we love college football in the South. So like the SEC will probably be the last, last man standing before they ultimately have to cancel. <laughs> well,
3: I'm, I'm gutted for you. Cause I know, you know, we were supposed to have the European football championships, uh, a lot of it here this summer. Mm. Um, and I I, I I feel your pain and let's hope that, you know, we, this is not affected next year. And we're all back to normal before too long. We need to get some of uh, Putin's um, vaccination that he thinks. <laughs> Let's get it out of there. But we sat we sat in all this, we're hopefully we're, you know, vaccine somewhere, someone is is you know, tested and, and going to work because this is uh you know this is taking its toll on all of us at this point, isn't it really?
2: Yeah this this has been a, it's been a year. It's been a year, uh, and it's not even it's not even over yet. So <laughs> no, we've got a long wait to the winter, crikey! You got to look forward to there. Yeah. Uh, so before we get out of here, uh, before I let my guests uh speak on what they've got going on in their lives let's take a look at what's going to be going on in the theater next time on the Rocky my video picture show because playing in the cinema it's 2013's empire state two questions for you eddie where's
1: chris and where's the money oh, i want to be a cop i do something with my life You gotta be kidding
2: me So you're not taking the cop test no more?
1: No, I'm sorry, bro Look, my friend, this ain't the NYPD I hope you can understand that
2: You gotta get my back on this one
0: You had anything to do with this? Now's a better time
1: than later if you want to shoot straight with me. He had nothing to do with this. He's a good guy. I liked him. He had a family empire. Giving Tony's wife five thousand instead of fifty. I was a good friend of Tony's. Please, just take it. How can you take that much and
0: they don't know nothing?
1: I'm not your boss. Two perps, both armed. You say. Please!
3: Move! Now I say we go back in and rob Empire. crazy? Cops won't expect it. Nobody will. It's been reported that over $9 million were taken in last night's heist. you have anything to say about that? No.
0: So I got Ash. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. No, it sounds crazy. Like I told you,
1: I, I didn't see anyone. Thank you for saving my life, right? But that don't mean for a second that I won't hesitate to drag your ass in. There's no way that guard could pull off this job. Go after all five families. The paper said that was another real moth. Big time low life, small
0: time low life, all the same to me. You told me where the money from the robbery is. Not a robbery you didn't want to include me What's in it? on.
1: What's up, Jimmy? Mike, wait, Mike! Jimmy's gonna kill us, right? Listen, I did this for a reason. So I'm not going to jail, bro. What are you, crazy? Chris, you need to look at me. You need to tell me what's going on. Chris, shut up. I don't want to do anything right now. Don't think I won't do it. Put, Put that gun down.
2: So, yeah, we're we, we, we going to follow Dwayne Johnson up to your neck of the woods, MJ, and, and uh check him out in Empire State. Have you seen that one?
0: I have not seen Empire State, and uh, to be perfectly honest, I've loved reliving the uh, the movies that he's been in through your show here um, because I've not seen a lot of them. I've seen the Fast and the Furious franchise mm. um, start to finish multiple times, but I've really tried to steer clear of uh, tainting the image of the People's Champ with uh, <laughs> the Tooth Fairy and, and some of these other uh, characters he chose to play early on, which, hey – by all you know props to him because he knew how to grow a fan base
2: yeah empire state's interesting because it's like the inverse of snitch because snitch was in theaters in america but i believe was direct to dvd overseas and empire state was in theaters overseas but direct to dvd in america for some Mm. reason (laughs) interesting so we'll, we'll see like i I think I've seen Empire State. Like a lot of these movies I think I've seen, and then within the first five or ten minutes I'm like, okay, I've seen this, or no, I haven't seen this at all. So I think I've seen Empire State, but uh, if not, it should, be, it should be a fun ride seeing uh, Dwayne Johnson in another action thriller. I've always said this about Dwayne Johnson
0: and his uh, the way he's cultivated his career, and since I'm on a public forum, I will like to say this out loud now. He, you know, he he captured our hearts in the WWF, and we have followed him since the late '90s through his meteoric rise. But I think he also did a really, really smart thing by capturing the hearts of children through all those early Disney movies. Yep, because they have also followed him on this meteoric rise, and uh, it's just a very, very smartly crafted career. If you look at, you know, John Cena is trying to do this now too, where he's yeah. done some. Movies that appeal to a younger demographic because he's generating the next group of fans that will follow him as he grows into his movie star uh, career. Uh, Always really,
2: really found that interesting. Like, even down to, like, uh, you know, when you talk about The Rock, like doing stuff with Nickelodeon, or, you know, uh, I, I feel like he. Did a great job of kind of bringing people in to getting to know a little bit more of his comedic side, like the the SNL appearances. Like, I feel sure. like he's one of the few wrestlers who have ever been able to be entertaining on Saturday Night Live for an extended period. Like, The Rock, every time he shows up, like he's it, it just hits. Whereas, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to disparage Terry Belay on his birthday, but uh, oh, please do, please do. No <laughs> like day is Terry... sacred to that man. Terry Belair never never made me chuckle once whenever he showed up on Saturday Night Live.
0: (laughs) No, he uh, he stuck to his uh, three famous catchphrases and and moved right ahead. Um, (laughs) Yeah, The Rock appeared on like the Teen Choice Awards and MTV Music Awards. Like he really did a great job of putting himself out there. He did not assume that he would become the world's greatest movie star. Um, but I think he put in the work to become the world's greatest movie star, and it's a title that I think is rightfully earned. Like
2: The Rock is so beloved that I feel like Stephen, like he's he's the only person in the world that the far left and the far right could get behind. Well, that that's
3: the thing is is this gonna is this guy gonna be your president in you know whenever you know perhaps eight years perhaps twelve years time perhaps. I mean, we've we've had worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is an understatement. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that when your name is appearing on sports betting sites as a potential United <laughs> States of America president, that you have officially risen to a level that not many, if not nobody, from the world of sports entertainment yeah. ever rises to. Um, and, and that is a testament to how. Beloved and how well thought of he is, is that here's a guy with no history in politics, and he's like, yeah, why can't The Rock be president? That's a great idea.
2: (laughs) Um, And you know what? It goes simultaneously. I was going to say, it shows you simultaneously how far the bar has lowered and also how high people's opinion of The Rock are. (laughs)
0: Uh, it would be uh, a far better person playing the role of president than uh, some of the other people that have recently tried to play the role of president. Um, you know.
2: Like that's a weird statement. Like The Rock would be the best WWE Hall of Famer as president that we've ever had.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to be we're trying to be politically correct here and polite here, but uh, I think everyone knows what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> Just like the agent, like we, you know, you know, what we're getting at people. You know what we're getting uh-huh. at. We we got to keep it PG because if we mention his name, like he'll, it'll, it'll scare the children. <laughs> all, all the children listening to this podcast. Which <laughs> I've had confirmation though that Max Pollock has listened to the Rocky Mountain Picture Show at least once. Oh so. wow. <laughs> Oh, I
0: would highly recommend this to uh, individuals who may be watching early rock movies with their children. I think this is a great companion. Maybe not this episode, but the other episodes (laughs) you've done are very nice companion pieces. Yes, Um, we're bringing families
2: together with the Tooth Fairy and uh, the Gridiron Gang and and the Game Plan, some of those great early rock classics.
0: Yeah, cannot give you enough credit, Nate. This has been a tremendous series and a real – pleasure and honor to be part of it um i feel like i've been listening to you now for a decade and remember TNA. 8 um so this <laughs> has been awesome and, and great to be part of this show yeah well, that's, that's, that's
2: that's the, the, that's the beauty of, of 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 our man dj like that especially now that uh coronavirus has halted production on so many films like I'll be doing the show for a while like we we haven't even Black Adam hasn't even come out in the theaters yet so I'll be doing the Rocky view picture show for at least another year or two so we've we've got plenty of material plenty of episodes to come but before we close the doors on the theaters this month gentlemen I want to thank you both for sitting down and, and talking about ballers with me and also for uh, your charity and your generosity during the uh, coronavirus event that uh, Post had earlier this year when when we thought that uh, people were going to do what they were supposed to be doing and we could have things back to normal by the summertime. But uh, that that's neither here nor there. Uh, but Steven, where, what you got going on? Let people know about the podcast and where they can find you on social media. And, oh, uh, you fine. know, get, get into all that good promotion.
3: Thank you Nate, so I probably, I think I've got one of the most random podcasts in the world a guy from London talking about (laughs) mid-South wrestling from 1984, so it's like and the reason is being from a a wrestling fan in the UK, you're trying to Feel the jigsaw puzzle of stuff that happened before you were watching. So um, I, I tend to alternate between people in the area, guest hosting, looking back over stuff in sort of 80, we're, we're around August 84 at the, at, the, at the moment. I've had Ricky Morton on, a few other wrestlers and, and people on. So it's really good fun looking back at this uh, great episodic television. Um, and it's at mid moments on Twitter, if anyone wants to uh, uh, give it a follow and give it a try.
2: Cool, good stuff. So, yes, check out Stephen in uh, Mid South. You said moments?
3: Moments, that's a very imaginative title, that one. Yes, because I, I,
2: I was about, about, about to that. say yeah. memories, and I'm like, it's not memories, it's it's <laughs> moments. Memories would <laughs> be really
3: too obvious. I so went for
2: moments. <laughs> that's, that, that's that nuance that you bring to the table, Stephen. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate you, brother. MJ, uh, obviously, the the infamous. MJ from NJ, uh, let the people know what you got going on uh, besides running the post fantasy football league.
0: Yes, uh, which now is, uh, it's in question whether we will have one. Um, you know, <laughs> There has never been a fantasy football promo quite cut quite like yours, Nate. Um, that stole the show last year. I, I know somebody else may have stole the trophy, but that stole our hearts and minds and our imaginations. And if anybody has not seen it, find Nate on YouTube. Find that promo. It was one of the greatest of all time. Uh, as far as what I got going on, um, not a whole lot. Find me in the post-forum chat room uh maybe i'll do something with the up next crew both uh patreons for up next and for post wrestling as well as kings of sport um yeah support our friends here who put on these great shows and allow us to be part of them uh testament to them that they've created such a nice community for all of us to be part of and you know for me to get to talk to someone like steven over across the pond real pleasure
2: See, we, we're bringing people together. That's, that's what it's all about. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the good people of post-wrestling because, uh, yeah, I do want to give a shout-out to John Pollock and Wei Ting for providing the, the platform, the proprietors of post-wrestling. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Brother Braden for providing us with the awesome theme music for the Rocky Mountain Via Picture Show. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what you can figure out for, for fantasy football this year, MJ. Maybe... Maybe what you'll have to do, and I'm not trying to put more work on your plate, but maybe you can uh, get, like, all the games from 19 uh, – no, I, I was going to say 1997, but that's too far. Go go to all the games from 2015 in honor of ballers, and we'll just run the 2015 season back picking fantasy players. <laughs>
3: on, oh, that's a cracking idea. So if you could actually do that, I think I think maybe we might have to go back a bit. I know the the baller thing. If you could do a season for like '86 or something, some somebody might be able to remember something. But that, I think that that sort of thing would be incredible. There's there's some money in that idea. I think Nate.
2: Yeah, just just do um do a historical fantasy football. Yeah.
3: Do they do they provide uh do they provide
0: futures betting in the 2015 uh, redux? <laughs> will, will they will they allow me to pick a Super Bowl winner? Um, no, I hope we have a season. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's like, Stay away
2: from Ray Rice at all costs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, poor guy who's on auto draft and ends up with Ray Rice. Uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I hope we have a season, Nate. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for participating in the past. We're getting near capacity on that thing. Um, I think there's one spot that's been reserved for maybe some special entrance. Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting for you to, to kind of let me know about that one. But uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, fun. We, we, it's good fun.
2: We, we, we're trying to see who, uh, who who can be our own version of boss man in, in the post-Fantasy League. Maybe Maybe it'll take two men to equal a boss man. That's all I'll say. <laughs>
0: if you know you know
2: if you know you know yes and if you don't use a mofo uh so <laughs> uh you, look, you talk about my video uh like that video is 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 evergreen that video like forget ballers that video will still be relevant 25 years from now oh the, the timeless Timeless. timeless so yeah i'm not gonna say it because i don't want i don't want to uh, incur the wrath of of our friend but uh yes you know the video i'm talking about people so check it out look it up on on uh youtube and and enjoy bask in the magic uh but yeah that's gonna do it for this edition of the rocky my view picture show thank everybody for listening steven i appreciate you brother for uh hanging out with us uh, from across the pond and uh, yeah, this was, this was fun. So I I would agree that uh, Ballers is, is uh, especially now when people have time to kind of kick back maybe more than they did uh, like check out Ballers and, and kind of give yourself some, some comfort food. Great binge
0: watch. Very quick. Episodes fly.
2: Yes. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Steven, shout out to MJ and uh, shout out to you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you, you found out you heard where you can find the boys at, but you can find me on Twitter at in the number eight, M O Z A I K. Uh, you can, uh, check me out on the Kings of sport with myself and Marcus Vandenberg. As MJ mentioned, we have a Patreon, patreon.com backslash Kings sport, over a hundred hours of content on there, audio video. We got political shows. We've got, uh, you know tdt talks which is kind of like a therapy session disguised as a podcast uh in these trying times so there, there's a lot of content on there for you guys and girls to check out um so let's see what else uh black lightning podcast over at the dctv podcast network so we've got a big thing coming up later on in august uh for dc fandom uh again we're Dating this podcast, but MJ's already dated us with the, with the Putin vaccine. So, what's what's one more timestamp? Oh, no, I dropped
0: I dropped the Big Ten news. Uh, I leave it to the European brethren to talk about <laughs> the Putin vaccine.
2: Yeah, I just with Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, Putin's doing the best he can to help the world. It's vodka, right? <laughs> just drink sure, a lot. Yeah. Just drink a lot of vodka, right? Just drink a lot of vodka. Yes, <laughs>
3: that's one way to get out of this. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
2: One way or another, you'll get out of it. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, you check out uh, check out the D.C. Fandome event, uh, August 22nd. Uh, let's see, main event, Place to Be Nation. There's a bunch of other shows, but just check me out on Twitter, at in the number eight, M-O-Z-A-I-K, and that's where you will find all the appropriate links to those shows. So, for Stephen, Brother Stephen, for brother MJ, for Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh, for the fabulous Miss Danny Garcia, and the wonderful people at Redbird Capital, uh, I. Am... <laughs> you want to throw Seven Bucks Productions in there? Oh, seven Seven Bucks Productions, who also were were, were uh, credited on on the production of Ballers. Like that's, have you heard the inspirational story, MJ? Like the Rock, he came back from. Playing in the Canadian Football League, he was cut, and he only had seven dollars in his pocket. And look at where he is today:
0: owner of the XFL. That's
2: that's the American dream, not the, <laughs> not Dusty Rhodes. That's the American dream. <laughs> a little a little boy can grow up and get cut by a CFL team, and one day own his own football league. That's that's progress. <laughs> Sounds like the good premise for a TV show. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, again, yes, for Dwayne the Rock Johnson, for Stephen, for MJ, I am the Godfather, Nate Milton. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain View Picture Show, and remember, Nubian eyes are watching. See you next time, folks.
1: Prime for details.